0: Welcome to Tailgate Talks. This is week 85 and we're going to start this week off on a little bit of a somber note. Um, It would feel kind of ignorant to not mention what happened today as I know it's weighing heavy on all of our hearts and minds. The uh, senseless act of violence in Uvalde, Texas that cost the lives of 14 uh, elementary kids uh, and a teacher and um, I know nothing we say uh, or do on this podcast is going to make any difference at all. Um, but you know our our hearts go out to the families, uh, the friends and the parents who uh, lost their kids today. It's just uh, I can't imagine what it's like to go through that and so uh, you know we feel for that community and all the people who suffered that loss and just uh, what this country is going through at this moment. So. Would feel weird not mentioning that as that's what's on everybody's minds tonight. But uh, so sorry to start this club red off on uh, that kind of note. But make sure you are following us on Apple and Spotify. Uh, We would appreciate it if you give us that five star rating on Apple and Spotify. And if you listen to us on Apple, hit us with a review. Uh, it goes a long way for us so be sure to do that also follow us on the social medias follow us on twitter at tailgate underscore talks Uh, if you want to follow our personal accounts you can follow dustin at dustinwimmer22 and you can follow myself at calvin b barrett we also have an instagram a facebook and a youtube channel where we post some videos go uh, to our channel today to check out the latest video which is dustin telling us about his uh, Fardaw's a meek dream <laughs> so if you missed that on the last episode go ke- go catch that on the YouTube uh, still hoping it does not come true uh, still to be determined to this date uh, as he still has not withdrawn from the draft but uh, lastly if, if you have any questions comments or anything you want to add to the show email us at tailgatetalkspod talks at gmail.com so with all that being said let's get into this week's Club Red.
1: We're gonna start this thing off right. Raider! Oh God, Raider!
0: Man, I've been waiting all my life to do this. All right, Dustin, the Texas Tech baseball regular season has come to a close. We had an opportunity to win an outright Big 12 championship on our home field uh, last weekend. uh, And you unfortunately dropped Game 1 on Friday. So then you had an opportunity to claim a share of the Big 12 championship on, or the first game you lost on Thursday, The second game, you had a chance on Friday to claim a part of the Big 12 championship. Uh, You lost that game, and so you lost your chance on winning a Big 12 championship at home, at the law, with a packed house. Uh, You were able to get away with winning on Sunday, uh, so you didn't get swept, but definitely a sour taste in your mouth after losing that way. Uh, especially to Oklahoma, who came out there and their bats were just popping all weekend. So, Dustin, your thoughts? I know you got out to the law for one or two games. One game. So what were your thoughts on on what outcome over the weekend?
1: Yeah, game one, Oklahoma was just dropping bombs. Um, and we didn't drop enough of them. That's honestly what it was. Yeah. I mean, that was a high-scoring game. I think it was like 9-6 to six or something like 10-6, to six, something like that. We just couldn't keep up there. And then game two, so when I went to, um, man, their bats were on fire again. They got to our best pitcher, Big 12 Pitcher of the Year. Um, and their pitcher was on, man. He was dealing. Yeah. And both those game one and twos, what else we couldn't do was get quality hits with guys on – Like on base, like we left a lot of dudes on base those first two games. Like, if you look at that game one, Oklahoma only beat us by one hit. I think it was 14 to 13 in hits, but of course, their hits counted for more when they go over the fence. Their guys are on base, and so it's cool that you hit as much as them, but they made it count way more. So, sucks for that. It's lucky that uh, I think, luckily, game three we pulled it out, so that clinched us a which was still important that clinched us that second seed because luckily baylor beat oklahoma state earlier i guess that thursday to knock them down in the rankings Uh, we'll talk about big 12 tournament in just a minute because i like how things shook out for us even though we couldn't you know tie or clinch the big 12 it still worked out okay in the end Um, yeah we talked last week that oklahoma's got the bats they got the offense And they showed it, so um, maybe we can get them, you know, round three this next weekend.
0: Yeah, tough, tough way to lose it. Um, It would have felt better if it was in Norman, you know, on the road. He could have understood that, but losing it that way at home, definitely tough to break. If there's anything you can take out of the series other than the fact that you got second place, I think it's been the back-to-back performances from Chase Hampton. Uh, we've yep. talked a lot about needing like a consistent third guy who can go out there and eat up innings for you, and you know he had yeah. gave up two runs in the first, and then after that he he was locking them down. And those, like you said, that offense is just clicking. So it was an impressive outing from him to do that. I think he had nine strikeouts, and so for me, that's my biggest takeaway from this this sure. weekend is hey, maybe Chase Hampton is turning into that guy that you can trust come tournament time. Yep. So, so we head into the Big 12 tournament now, so Dustin, kick it over to you. What do we have to look forward to with the Big 12 tournament this week?
1: Yeah, Big 12 tournament starts this weekend at Ranger Stadium, Globe Life Park in Arlington. I think I saw the best tweet today was the best. Of course, Don Williams Tech started their season in Globe Life Park, and now they get to in the Big 12 season in Globe Life yeah. Park. I was like, Don, that's probably the best tweet you've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah they it's start like the start first on... time it
0: hasn't been in bricktown and i don't know, how long like you got some yeah Eastwood, big tall yeah for game. sure
1: but it's good because obviously that ballpark brand new yeah. central location i mean we talked about basketball moving and rotating especially closer to the dfw area so good that they did this and that's probably why tadlock schedules this kind of series right, yeah. early in the year so now we're familiar we've played here before Yeah, Big 12 Baseball tournament starts this week. We ended up with the two seed. Uh, We start with Kansas State on Wednesday. Our, uh, like I mentioned, ending up in that two seed, not so bad. Because we're matched with how it matches up, Big 12 tournament. You have one group of four at the top bracket, one group of four at the bottom. You play your group of four tournament style. And then you play a one-on-one with the winner that other side. So, we ended up with a pretty good bracket, I think, yeah. with Oklahoma, Kansas State, West Virginia. I know, Oklahoma has our number this year. Those other two, I'm not worried about at all. Um, but the other side of the bracket, like, talk about like bracket of death oh, or group is. of death, like yeah. soccer, like TCU, Oklahoma State, and Texas, all in that group. But, and Baylor's not too shabby either. Right. <laughs> so they just, like, what a... And so hopefully they really beat each other up this weekend uh, before, you know, we get to play them in that final matchup for one two. But man, I'm glad we're not up there with that yeah. group. You know, I'd rather be in this two or three spot like us in Oklahoma rather than man that one four and five up there is brutal.
0: Yeah, that looks awful. So thankful that we got a good draw there. Um, you and me, we're pretty normally against a Big 12 tournament. Uh, usually we're like, you know, just get through it, don't get hurt, get ready for the tournament that actually matters. Um, this season, with how things have gone, do you view it any differently this year heading into the Big 12 tournament?
1: Yes, yes I do. I think we need, with not winning the series last week, we're still on the outskirts of hosting a regional which we've hosted, I think, the last five or six times. And not looking good because our RPI is low in, like, the 30s. If we can go on and win the Big 12, we kind of get ourselves maybe back up in that conversation because we're still ranked eighth right now. That matters a little bit. Winning the Big 12 matters, being second in the regular season matters. Yeah. We could maybe slip back up into that top 16 and host a regional with a good outing this week and winning the whole thing, so yeah, I do think this one matters. Our uh, postseason after this tournament is not set just yet, and I think it can improve.
0: Yeah, I agree um, with you there. And then also, I just want to see what it looks like in a tournament format like this. The start of the right, Big Twelve right. tournament is very similar to regionals, and that you know you have the four teams and you got to get out of that. And so I'm just curious to see how we perform on a tournament level where it is important, you know, to get yourself right and figure out who's going to be some of the arms you can trust sure. once you get to next week. So that's kind of what I'm looking forward to with this tournament. So like Dustin mentioned, the tournament kicks off tomorrow for Texas tech against seven seated Kansas state. I think that game's at 4 PM. Um, if I'm remembering correctly, uh, so a little late afternoon baseball for you guys, but, Another little baseball tidbit, the regular season awards were announced today. So if you weren't on Twitter and you missed those, Dustin is going to give you a rundown of what Tech players received recognition for their Big 12 performances this season.
1: Yeah, obviously being a second place Big 12 team, we got quite a few awards on this team. First team, Jace and Birdsell. On that first team, Birdsell ended up with also pitcher of the conference. He had an eight and three record this year and a conference-leading 2.75 ERA. Guys were only hitting 204 against him, which is a pretty conference good. best. Also, so the fact that Oklahoma lit him up, like man, good for y'all. But the fact that he only lets guys hit 200 on him, that's pretty impressive over the like two month or more conference season and he's pitching
0: every saturday for us and you um, consider the fact that like we a lot of the times we needed to win those saturday games big time because you couldn't trust us on sunday so uh, th- yes. those were pressure pressure starters.
1: pressure starts exactly so there's some big ones there and then you also got freshman of the big 12 hudson white he plays mostly catcher and then a little bit of everywhere um first sometimes base he a lot first dh kind of wherever we can put him in because he hits really well. Um, 337 average as a freshman. That's amazing. 22 RBIs, 435 on base percentage. Um, He also ended up with second team, all big 12. Uh, Anything else on Hudson for me, Brooks?
0: No, I just – I expected it to be either him or Owen Washburn to get that honor. I I was definitely leaning more Hudson just because – He's been so solid for you this year, behind the plate, at the plate. Uh, he was huge for you in that Oklahoma State series. Um, I think like his career started off, he was over for, for the in the first <laughs> few games, and then all of a sudden it started clicking for him, and he hasn't looked back. So, um, first of many accolades, I think for uh, Mister White in a Texas yeah, Tech uniform.
1: He's been solid and consistent wherever we put him and fit him in on the field. That's always a good problem to have. Is when. Yep. You know, behind the plate. All right, where is Hudson playing? Is he playing first? Is he DHing? We're getting him in. He's not getting a day off. Um, He's too good for that, and that's awesome. He also had, you know, some big clutch hits for us Mm -hmm. in some of these wins. So um, back to the team stuff, those are our two guys who got individual. Those are big awards. Um, First team, like I said, Jace, he led the team in hitting like usual. Even though he didn't have like the wow and the X Factor type yeah. hits, he still led the team in average and hits, and he was still that guy that pitchers always pitched around. Um, no, he didn't, he didn't have the amazing, you know, Big Twelve Player of the Year type award, but uh, he still had a really, really good, solid year.
0: Yeah, his home run numbers were down, and so it might have felt like a little different because last year he hit like 20-something Doesn't bombs.
1: any good pitches to hit, though. Yeah, They're all it, down, away. Like, no one's giving him a pitch at the plate.
0: Yeah, everybody's scared of him. So, you know, to come in, have that target on his back all year yeah. and still produce the way he has. Just impressive and enjoyed Jason's uh, Texas Tech uniform as, you know, right. these are probably the last few games that we'll get to watch yeah. of him uh, as a Red Raider.
1: Yeah, I don't think he slipped in a draft ranking. He's still a first round pick for sure. I don't know. If Lost he's player
0: of the again. year because that Texas dude hit like almost well, thirty home runs. I'll
1: uh, I'll get to him because it'd be dumb to not mention how good a year he had. But staying with our guys, we had a lot of second teamers. Yeah, uh, Steelwell behind the plate at catcher. The big man Kurt Wilson, Easton Morrell. I mentioned Hudson White earlier and also pitcher Andrew Morris he was our Friday game one type guy he had a great year there also any comments on our second teamers Brooks any surprises or anything there
0: no uh, not a surprise on this just guys who had really consistent good years for you uh, at the plate and in the field as well and then of course Andrew Morris who was your uh, you know, Friday night starter who, you know, you were a really damn good team on Fridays and, uh, and Saturdays, and Andrew Morris was a big part of that.
1: Yeah, Andrew Morris was 7-1 and one this year. Yeah. so he, usually, he didn't usually let you down in games. That
0: first one. loss was OU, <laughs> so it was yeah. like the very last week.
1: And then honorable mention, you got a few guys there, Owen Washburn, Ty Coleman, Parker Kelly, and you still got a relief pitcher in there, even though our bullpen sucks. You got Bridges in there. Who I mentioned last week, he's my favorite guy uh, to bring in. He he's usually pretty solid, but I think overall, no nobody got slighted out of the yeah. tech guys. No one was higher or lower than we expected. I think we the Big Twelve nailed our guys in this. Yeah. Do you feel that way
0: too? Yeah, I, I had no complaints with what what I saw um, from from these teams. So I think everybody who got needed recognition got it uh and so yeah i'm satisfied
1: yeah and then lastly on the big 12 awards player of the year it goes to texas first baseman ivan melendez if you didn't watch the series against us or texas at all this year this dude hits freaking bombs he's huge they call him the hispanic titanic because he's that big i guess and if you watch him against us that's all he did was hit home runs (laughs) no matter what he was getting pitched um the dude hit four twenty-one this year with eighty-five RBIs. Those are both second in the country, and he leads the nation in twenty-eight home runs. <laughs> so he's probably gonna get national player of the year with those kind of numbers. He's the front runner for that. Um he's just literally like so far ahead of everybody, this was so easy for them to get.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't remember the last like college player that I was that afraid of every time they came to the plate. Yeah. And you were, and they had two or three guys on that team that you were scared of that weekend. But, you know, at one point heading into Sunday, he was like eight for eight or nine for nine. Like six on <laughs> And had been walked like you hadn't been able to get him out. So, yeah. um, you know, you hate Texas, but you got to admire like just the right. numbers that that dude That's put why I too. had to write
1: him down and mention him because he had such a good season, like. National he, Player of the
0: Year. Yeah. Glad he's fucking gone after this.
1: <laughs> no joke. He'll be gone. Hopefully. <laughs> Hell out of here. <laughs> so there is your Big 12 Player of the Awards, uh, Season Awards. Congrats to Brandon Birdsell and Hudson White and uh, Jace Young for first team.
0: Yeah. And so with that, Dustin also had an idea that we would do the Tailgate Talks regular season awards give out, give, some out awards. give out some of our own personal awards. Shout out some players. So, Dustin, you take that away for us as well.
1: Yeah, so we're just going to list off some awards we kind of got or thought of um, or stood out to us. It might be random. We might not both have it. We might have something that somebody else didn't think about. But start out obviously with MVP of the team, I give mine to Kurt Wilson, actually. Um, Kurt was the clutchest player on this team this year. And I think his two walk-off wins against Texas really set the table for how our Big 12 went and was tra- like our trajectory went so high from there. Cause we could have easily gotten swept that weekend here at home and, you know, Kurt steals home yeah. To win that one first game and then walk off grand slam to win game two and he just had so many clutch hits and home runs he was your clutchest player this year i believe and really started you off good against your rival texas
0: yeah so i I was going to go Jace just because yeah. I, I think without him, you know, all of our players get a little bit worse oh, yeah. without having him in the lineup. I don't think still Everything well.
1: revolves around yeah. Jace for sure. <laughs> and,
0: and so uh, I'm glad you went Kurt. So we have a little bit of different answers there, but yeah, I, I think you just got to shout out Jace. And like we already talked about with his first team nomination, just, uh, you know, might've not had the home run numbers this year, but, you know, every time he gets up to the plate, whether he he's an out or not, it, it makes the pitcher work for it, and uh, that pitcher definitely sweats him every time he comes up. So just to do the numbers he had again this season, and then also just consistency out in the field, I think I think Jace is uh, you know a given for that anyway. <laughs> yeah,
1: like I said, the, everything revolves around Jace. Yeah. he's a great second baseman for you. Doesn't mess up over there, and then the dude. It's hard to pitch. It swings freaking hard. If you mess up, he's going to make you pay. Um, we go pitcher next. Obviously, Birdsell is your pitcher of the conference and um, first-team guy. But I'm also going to mention – we mentioned Andrew Morris earlier. But, so I think it's Andrew Morris for you because winning those Friday games sets you up so much for yeah. Birdsell to win the series for you. But also, like – you weren't as pressured. Like going seven and one, winning that first game was such so good. Especially like early on when your Sunday and your bullpen was not set and you were struggling. Yeah, that was really clutch that he started you off really well. So I'm gonna give mine to Andrew Morris.
0: Yeah, I think back to that West Virginia series where things had just kind of fallen off for you, and you had that doubleheader and you get down five to one in that game and then he you know morris was able to just settle things down your offense started clicking he p- pitched the complete game but yeah i think Birdsell. you have to give it to him because yeah. like you said morris did the setup but i mean there's only been a few tech guys that i can name that i felt as guaranteed of a victory every time they were starting as Birdsell. like gingry in that year it was right. like whenever gingry starting we're winning uh there was that yeah Hillion year where every time he started a new, we're pretty much going to win That's how Birdsell was this year It was like Saturday start, Birdsell's winning um, sure. Or he's at least giving us a really good Damn chance to win So just to have that consistency from a starter uh, All year is just really impressive But I think either of those guys Well deserving
1: Very much I have a most improved player For us
0: Yeah I think I know that where isco? you're going
1: that is going to be Parker Kelly. Yeah.
0: That's what I think.
1: You know, he hit 291 this year. For the last couple of years, he's been a lockdown defensive third baseman. He was still that, obviously. Um, but he would only come in late eighth or ninth inning as a defensive substitution and was usually an automatic strikeout yeah. or out um, in previous years. And this year, he really burst on the scene. 291 average, like I said, 10 home runs. Way, way, way improved from years past now he's a fifth year senior but late bloomer and that was a question mark coming into this year was is he going to be the guy over there and where how much pop does he give you Um, or are we going to interchange a couple guys like we did last year with that position with him Um, so he really helped you and gave you a good defensive third baseman that can hit solidly in that i think six or seven spot so good job parker kelly on improving this
0: year for me, I went with the guy you used for MVP. I went with Kurt Wilson for Most Improved, uh, from considering his roles from previous years, which were kind of fill in whatever position we needed him to, uh, pitched some, played outfield some, to coming in this year and locking up shortstop for you, and then also, you know, just becoming a reliable player on offense for you as well. This, you know, he was super consistent all season long. Um, you know, I, I don't know his home run totals. I think it's like, you know, he's either right there with Jace or right behind him, but he's
1: one behind Jace. I think Jace has 14 Jace. and yeah, yeah Kurt 13. had thirteen.
0: but you know, he became a really reliable player for you. Like you said, had some, your two biggest like clutchest moments of the season, um, against Texas. So, um, I don't think any anybody before the season started had him being like like this player for you this year, so that's why I went Kurt Wilson big Kurt
1: big Kurt all right those are the three major awards. I have one kind of wild card one. do you have any wild card ones we didn't think of or you thought of randomly
0: um I had like like most you know maybe like best defensive play and you know, I would probably put Kurt will I mean uh, uh Parker Kelly's uh, little third base save oh. in that Oklahoma State game yep. uh, to save you a couple runs and keep you in the lead of that game um offensive play of the game you know pick or choose your Kurt Wilson heroic yeah play. Okay, uh, <laughs> And you know I don't you know most reliable outfielder Dylan Carter, little well things like that that I think. Uh, what 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 do you got?
1: So I have wild pitcher of the year <laughs> goes to Andrew Devine. Yeah. <laughs> With his Oklahoma State performance.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> he threw two warm up pitches over the backstop. He luckily threw pitch number one right down the middle. Uh, guy on first would have tied one yeah would have tied the game or on third sorry. And then luckily he threw three in the dirt and lured that guy on third into trying to steal home, and we got him in a pickle and won that game one against Oklahoma State. So wild pitcher of the year, Andrew Devine. Congratulations. There's a lot
0: of pitchers in the running for that award this year. (laughs) Uh, I mean, most reliable bullpen pitcher, Derek Bridges, I guess. That'd be a significant award. Um, But,
1: like, even Devine on uh, Friday, the game I went to, warm-up pitch over the catcher's head like yeah all, dude
0: when he comes in i almost have to turn the tv off because it's just like i don't want to deal with this stress bro
1: <laughs> we were doing so good in that game i know he came up clutch and we still got a zero on the board against them but we just had i think two shutout innings from beckle oh, i can't remember beckle and then i was like who's coming in the guy behind us goes divine. I'm like, oh f y, <laughs> great.
0: Yeah, he, he scares the shit out of me every time he, he comes. Yeah, uh,
1: he, um, he figured right. it out enough.
0: Uh, talk to me in like a couple weeks, in my in the, my most improved, might change to Chase Hampton. Uh, he's no
1: kidding, I had him on my point. honorable mention list.
0: He's turned a huge corner here at the end of the oh. season, to where like those last two starts, he's was very he impressive, hasn't. and so if he keeps that going, like he he. Definitely deserves uh, a shout out for that. So, uh, an, a third pitcher that you desperately need.
1: Yep, and that makes everybody everybody's nerves feel way better, and they can relax. Like they don't have to press as much, and that includes games that he's not pitching. Like you yeah. don't have to press as much game one, game two. You can relax. Whereas, I know we did really well on game one and twos this year, but we were also pressing pretty hard. And maybe could have done better there and wore ourselves out by game three, two. So maybe we can relax and stretch those wins out a little more um, in this yeah. postseason with him. So, yeah, I had him on that honorable mention list. So there's your uh, Tailgate Talks baseball awards.
0: All right. So now that we've awarded our Red Raiders, uh, make sure you tune in this weekend as they take the field at Globe Life. Uh, Park and Arlington there for the Big 12 tournament. Hopefully we can make a solid weekend out of this. Uh, Mason Molina gets the start tomorrow against Kansas State, so uh, interesting st- uh, person to start there. Any thoughts on uh, Mason Molina getting the start? We talk about these Uh, two clutch pitchers and then Chase Hampton coming on at the end. And then you throw Mason Molina out there. Are we playing the long game here with Mason Molina? Are we playing the get out of here quick
1: game? (laughs) Playing the long game with Molina. And also your Tadlock's still playing like what if type games. This is just a scenario for him because it's not win and go home yet. You know, if we ended up in in regional or in Omaha and – Game one goes bad. All right, now what do we do? Because we got a long road to claw back. So right, yeah. I think it's okay. And like, if you look, yeah, this first bracket is set up just like a regional. You got to win at least three games, maybe more, if you end up on the wrong side of that loss or so. So saving those other guys for the second and the third game probably pretty smart on Talix because also. If you do lose, you're not lowering your your value and your RPI right. where you're already sitting. You only have room to go up. So I like this.
0: Yeah. Uh, we'll see how the Mason Molina experiment goes uh, starting tomorrow. Or uh, if you're listening to this, probably uh, yesterday. <laughs> uh, but let's get into some Texas Tech basketball. Now, as we have some new basketball news to report. Uh, And we have a pretty damn good guy to report on this, so South Plains College head coach Green, uh, what's his first name? Steve Green. Steve Green, uh, the Juco Hall of Famer, three-time national championship winner, uh, just built a monster program there at South Plains College has uh, taken a job to join Coach Adams and the Texas Tech basketball staff. So, Dustin, you've had a front-row view to Coach Green over these past few years while working out there, getting to see several practices, uh, sitting right up there at all his games, getting to see that undefeated season, getting to see that national championship season. So for the people who are unsure of this hire, who don't understand who Coach Green is, Please explain to the people what Texas Tech is adding to their staff.
1: Yeah, Coach Green, he's been at SBC SPC, Land Juco for, I don't know, over 10 years um, now, I think probably around 15. Um, three national championships over a 10-year period. And, I mean. Is that good, Dustin? Yeah, that's really good considering, especially if you're good at the Juco level, you're replacing your whole roster every year. Yeah. Like You have a pretty much a rotating door of 10 guys in, 10 guys out. And I saw that for quite a few years. Like When you're not good and you're bringing back a few guys, that's when you're like, oh, I don't know, maybe they improved, but we need a new, new batch of dudes. And so the fact that he was able to do that in 2008, 12, and 18, um, and in 2017 had an undefeated season. He's shipped a couple guys over here to Tech before – Um, Trey Wade that started for Arkansas was on one of those teams. Like he's had lots and lots of dudes go D one and power five. Um, he, like I said, I've watched a lot of practices, um, and lots and lots of games been at every game for them. He's basically replacing coach Peary as the offensive guy. I would think. Um, Yes.
0: That's, that's the reports is that he is your offensive coordinator.
1: Yeah. That's his specialty. From what I've seen, and he's a very smart offensive coach. Uh, I know during his off-seasons he would always go to NBA practices and watch what they're doing, pick up on things, see how – keep up with the game also. And over the years I've been there, I've also seen him win in every different way. So that's a plus as well. Like I mentioned, the roster rotation at Juco, We're starting to see that a lot more at the D1 level with the transfer portal. You're bringing in a lot more dudes. You don't have roster stability as much. I've seen him win scoring over 100 points plenty of times, and we're spreading the ball out. We're shooting threes as fast as possible. We're running and gunning. I've also seen literally a year later, we're playing with a big man post as our offensive player, and we're scoring 65 points and winning that way and literally within a year's time changing the offense to what fits your guys best he's not so stuck in his ways of here's my system we got to run this motion offense or into the post and out and he's not so set in his ways he's like all right what do you do and you how we'll mix together and how can we make everybody the best they can be and so i think that Not to hate on Coach Peary, maybe that's where Coach Peary couldn't adjust and make the difference um, from where he was at Portland State to here. I think Coach Green's not going to have a problem with that at all because I've seen him do it at SPC. Depending on what level of players he has, he hasn't always had number one teams over there, even though a lot of times he does. Um, But I've seen him go from, like I said, 100 points a game. Jordan Bringers is shooting threes from half court and making them – and uh, to a guy's inside, and you can score with 60 and 70 points. So he can do it all. He's going to be really, really smart addition, especially on the offensive side to it. Um, he knows a lot of dudes also. And yeah. so don't expect, like, oh, this guy's not going to recruit. I'm sure that's not going to be his job emphasis on recruiting. we got a lot more younger guys for that. Um, but he knows plenty of coaches and dudes out there that he can still get on the phone and make some calls and make some things happen. So great addition, I think. And Coach Adams knows him really well because he's coached against him before also. Yeah. So I know this was rumored last year at one point. Um, so really good addition to that. Um, yeah. Do you have anything? that? You, what are your thoughts on bringing him in?
0: No, I think it's a really good hire. Um, you know, there's that article that was written the year that they were going undefeated during the regular season yeah. about how he, you know, pulled a lot of offense from the Warriors and what they do. And if you watch the Warriors, you know, everybody thinks they're this great three-point shooting team, right? You got Steph, you got Clay, but, you know, and a stat we'll talk about in the tailgate is they're leading the postseason in points in the paint, yes. right? So they adapt to the defenses, they attack... It's not always just shooting up threes. Right. It's attacking the weak points of the defense, but it's also adapting to your players and your personnel and all of that stuff. And so, you know, he's a great basketball mind. He's been in it for a long time. He knows what he's doing. The JUCO game is hard, man. Like you said, like you're having to replace a roster every single year. That's now what that's now what D1 basketball is. You're I've having already
1: replace- seen many years where. I'll talk to the AD or another person, the kind of athletic trainer, and I'll be like, "Hey, who are we bringing back?" And they're just like, "Oh, just this one dude, right? Like into the bench center." And I'm like, "Oh, yeah, this guy went here and here right. and here and here," and we basically just kick two guys off. Like, yeah, we're replacing ten guys almost every year out there.
0: And you know, we we know Adams re- is recruiting offense. He's trying to recruit offense because he can teach you defense. Right. Correct. So if you get a guy who can teach you offense and teach you defense, I think that's just a match in heaven. Right. And and the other thing about Juco is, like you said, you build all these relationships because Juco is about trying to get these guys back to D1. Right. Like yes. like there people you. watch Last Chance U. Yeah. It's about getting I've that guy. i that
1: speech yeah. given a lot of times. <laughs> and so
0: it's about getting them there. And so he's making relationships with coaches in these levels to try yeah. to get these guys into these D1 programs and stuff. So, um, to the people that knock it, just because it's a JUCO hire, I think they're just not paying attention. Uh, And this guy's a legend in the JUCO game. He's made a lot of connections. He's won a lot. And what do you want on your staff? You want guys who know how to win. And this is the guy who's proven it. So, uh, Coach Adams had a lot of those questions, and he proved a lot of those doubts wrong year one. So, I I think Coach Green can come in and do the same.
1: Now, and fun fact, the – other coach we've hired this offseason, Luke Adams, yeah, was kind of like a intern assistant for Coach Green for a year. right, uh, yeah. Over there that was the Brangers
0: That was the bringers, Josh Webster year. It was somewhere
1: in that area. Because that I was, the year was that seventeen I came or out eighteen.
0: Out. Yeah. Yeah. That was the year I came out years years we were super good. Yeah.
1: He was there. so you're bringing in a guy who can teach you how to shoot. And you got a guy who can teach you everything on offense. Yeah. So two really good guys coming from SPC this year.
0: Yeah, and I think that relationship, that coaching relationship, whatever like kind of fraction there was between Peary and Adams, I don't really see this happening with uh, Adams and Green. So I think that relationship no. will be uh, – I mean, obviously. I think there's such
1: a mutual respect between the two because they know each right. other from their JUCO times. They've kept in touch because I've seen Coach Adams – out at practice and yeah. some games a couple times. Um, and obviously they probably talk and trade stories and <laughs> see what's up all the time. But uh, sure. Coach Green's also like a no nonsense type coach. So I think that fits with Coach Adams. Um, yeah. I've seen him sit dudes just cause they're stupid and mess one thing up and then you get to sit for five minutes. Cause we talked about this. You didn't do it. You're an idiot. Sub out.
0: <laughs> well, I don't know if you had any sort of personal relationship with Coach Green. Like no, Coach
1: not really. He what? was kind of on his own over there in the basketball arena. I mean, I've ran, I ran into him a few times, and he was cool with me. But no, never really a chit chat time with them
0: but I gonna say we got to use our newfound connections on this basketball staff to get <laughs> us into a practice or something this year so uh, maybe we can get a little behind the scenes as uh you know coach green i know uh, coach adams uh the younger coach adams and luke i do m- know mark but not as much as i know luke so right. uh maybe we can get in and get a practice there but there's also some other basketball news semi texas tech related yeah uh, you've been paying attention to twitter uh or like basketball in general over the summer there has been the basketball tournament which has existed for i don't know how many years now but it's been a pretty big success it keeps growing year in year out uh like pretty good teams some alumni teams and texas tech is getting an alumni team there's been like semi alumni teams with like john robertson and some of these older guys yeah Um, tech guys have been in there. I think Justin Gray has played in the in the in the TBT right, tournament. Right. This year we have an actual Texas Tech alumni team called the Air Raiders, and so far we have announced two players that are playing on that team, and that's Noren Sodiase and Matt Mooney. So two perfect guys to start off that team with. Two huge uh, culture guys. Two guys that were on your 2019 title run team. Uh, so we thought this would be a fun moment to kind of talk about some other alumni players that we would like to see join this squad. Uh, that'll give us, you know, something to root for this summer when the when the TBT tournament kicks off. So Dustin,
1: so I think it's I mean, kind of easy answer. I think we need to get like the 2016 to 2019 teams like all grouped together. Like, yeah. You got your guys like Toder Gocher and Justin Gray, Zach Smith, Zaire. I don't know if Zaire's still trying to make the NBA, but hell, he doesn't. He can come back and play.
0: Yeah, like get
1: that group of guys, um, Keenan Evans, I think is a slam dunk if you can get him. Um, he's an overseas guy, and that's a lot of these guys like who who play for for these things. I think they nailed the name though, Air Raiders. Yeah. It's like a quick, and you get the Red Raider thing in there also. I think they nailed that part of it. But, yeah, that's pretty much who I'd like to see. It's like some of those last, like, four or five-year guys that really shot up and ascended. the Tubby Smith type, I guess, type guys.
0: Yeah, I would like to see, you know, that kind of core group play together again. Keenan, Justin, Zach, that would all be fun. Um, Everybody's going to lose their damn minds if Tariq Owens gets named to the team. Oh, yeah, be Would obviously be a great one, Brandon Francis, our guy Brandon. I would. Brandon, love see, come back, Brandon. I would love to see him on the team, but yeah, I mean, it just feels like they are picking guys in that era. And like they're doing that. Like, hey, this is going to be like our dream team if you could actually put all these guys together and watch them play. That's what I'm hoping for. And so, um, you know, I would love to see Keenan. And uh, Tariq get a play together. I would love to see uh, Mooney get to play with. I
1: mean, imagine uh, the three-point shooting with Gocher and Francis on the floor. And Mooney. Like, man.
0: (laughs) I don't know any other guys that are, like, out there that are playing. I I know, like, is playing overseas right now. And I think he's, like, in a.
1: His team made the championship or whatever league
0: he's in. So, I don't know what that means for him. I think Keenan's playing right now. Uh, two, so I don't know if that means you know that that they can't make it in time to play in that, but it would be fun to see those group of guys kind of back together. Some of the guys we got to you know love to watch to play, getting to suit up uh, for another run. Uh, any other kind of guys that we might have missed here that you like to throw out there? No, in? just
1: just random thought about this. Like since Tech's finally getting a squad together, they also put guys that they just know from other teams. Like, on there so it's not going to be just texas tech guys um you should have to have like a super alumni play like a guy that's over 10 years out and didn't play in the nba (laughs) like have to play on this team that would be great because then you got like some 40 year old former college basketball player
0: andy ellis (laughs)
1: <laughs> like, I don't know who you pick, but that would just be a fun wrinkle to add to every team.
0: Jay Crockett.
1: Jay Crockett. There we go. And
0: Jay And Jay Jackson. <laughs> Could Ronald Ross still suit it up? <laughs> Arvin Ham. He's not busy. Wait, Daryl Thor. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Darryl?
1: I don't think Daryl can make it. No, up. I don't know. Daryl needs to be in the, in the uh, Ice Cube 3v3 right. basketball. <laughs>
0: That'd be funny. Clark Lambert. Uh, he got Oh, help. Clark can play still. Spark Clark. Play. He
1: gets his steps in when he's at, at baseball games and basketball games, man.
0: Aaron Ross. Sure. Tommy Hamilton.
1: Well, hey, Davide can come back.
0: Ooh, yeah. if we could get Davide. Back. Seriously.
1: Tommy, oh, well, he doesn't fit the super alum yet, but he no. can play on the regular squad.
0: What about Naeem? What about a little Naeem Stevenson? No. Herky Jerky. <laughs> he
1: probably flopped too much.
0: Fidel Molingus.
1: Shot it.
0: I'm just throwing out random names now. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah but... hey,
1: while we're on this, this is also like going off the off the reservation a little bit. But I busted out the NCAA basketball 2010 on the PlayStation this week, so playing with uh, John Roberson and Mike Singletary right now. Singletary, that's a name. Dude. Roberson's a beast on that game. So is Singletary, but Robert Lewandowski's the
0: center. Ooh, Robert Lewandowski. <laughs> but it's it's a
1: it's a heck of a squad. After those three, you don't have much.
0: What was it Dwylan Roberts, the other – was he the other guy on yeah, that team? Yeah,
1: he was on there. <laughs> so that's been fun to get out and get the alumni players going.
0: Man, what – those were all pretty decent guys. We just could never get it going. Uh,
1: well, yeah, that's the problem. We only had like two or three dudes. We yeah. really dropped off after that.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I remember? wear see, out. Yeah, remember we'll after Cemetery road, dropped that like 44 to come back and beat A&M. I was like, holy yeah, shit. Yeah, those two
1: dudes were great. I remember watching them. And then literally we had nobody else on that team. Nobody and dropped off hard.
0: Alan Voskel. Is oh, he still oh, shooting man. threes out there
1: somewhere? <laughs> We'd, we'd have a squad that can shoot, I'll tell you that.
0: Just come out here. That'd be fun to see who we get.
1: how we do. I know uh, there's always, like, a Syracuse team. Who okay. else kind of always plays in this?
0: There's a Syracuse team. There's, a, like, a, a, there a Marshall. Team? Yeah. There's, guess. like, a Thundering Herd team from Marshall that's usually pretty good. I
1: guess there's not a Duke team because they're all playing in the NBA.
0: <laughs> there's uh, Aaron Craft. Is uh, he's, uh, he's just plays by himself there's out a, there. It's just Aaron Kraft.
1: <laughs> he, he, tried, he calls it an Ohio State team, but it's not. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's just him, though. No, there, there is an Ohio State team. No, there's, a, you know, Bayheim.
1: Bayheim's, Bayheim's Army's Army's Army. The group. They're always really good.
0: Um, and then there's, like, the overseas elite, which are usually, you know, former college players played overseas who come back. Uh, so there's, you know, it's a you pretty know, good Zach's, tournament.
1: Zach's played in this. Justin Gray's mm-hmm. played in this. There's some guys who have experience in this that can, you know, join the squad.
0: It's a fun tournament if you ever watched it. If you haven't, they play the Elam ending, which is, you know, one of which makes things really interesting is once you get to a certain score, then you have a certain score to get to to win the game. And so you almost always – you win every single game on a buzzer beater, whether it's at the free throw line or whatever. And so it always makes for great entertainment. So we'll keep you all updated on that because that – you,
1: you. You can add an alumni from a different sport.
0: <laughs> a
1: oh, player, man! Tracker, football guy, like that'd be that'd be fun.
0: Who would you I add? Guess, Who, all right, if you get to add, I don't know. A-
1: I just thought of this. I'm spinning off the top of my head. So. I know
0: that's a great idea. I'm gonna put. But this you can add like there. yeah,
1: track, baseball, football guy. Um, probably like I think TJ Vasher would be good. Like
0: Nash, yeah.
1: Because he's, he's got the height, he's six, six. we know, they tell us all the time. He's got the length, he's length, he's lengthy, he can jump. So, off the top of my head, he'd probably be a good dude out there.
0: Man, now I'm just like, who would be like the football player that would be perfect for this team? Well, yeah. like I Basher, Basher would have been good. Um, you know, you got to think of like tall, Hakeem, uh, <laughs> uh, but he's Culver's brother.
1: Yeah, I was jumper. thinking of Trey, Trey Culver. <laughs> He'd be
0: dope. <laughs> I don't know how good he is at basketball, but shit, he can jump. I know that. What well, can Lyle Leong take a little time off from coaching and co-play? Is he still? Hey, he still got that bounce.
1: Lyle has the hops. Yeah, Lyle, he's still in shape. He's got the hops. So. That'd be a fun addition too. You got to have an old ten plus alum and a non basketball sport alum.
0: We're gonna tweet that out. I <laughs> yeah. might tweet out. I might tweet out that uh, the non basketball alum for the Aerator's tonight. Yeah, tag
1: TBT that. in it.
0: Oh man, that'd be awesome. That's got me like I'm just like oh I, man. It just came like, to my head.
1: I'm spitballing. So I didn't have a I didn't have a name yet.
0: Dylan Cantrell. But he's. Oh, He's probably day-to-day.
1: He's going to be injured day-to-day. He's also put on some weight because he was trying to be a tight end. Yeah. Which maybe helps him. I don't know. I was trying to think of like any of our like defensive ends or it's kind of those bigger type dudes.
0: No, who was always a baller back in my reg days? Ladrian Waddle. <laughs> he was pretty good at hoops. He was always out there on court too. Yeah, he's
1: bigger than everybody. He's just shacking around.
0: Exactly. Put him out there and see who can freaking guard later and Waddle. Yeah. Offensive lineman in the NFL. Oh, yeah, man, that'd that'd that's be
1: fun to fun to do or figure out like a, a loan that could play well. My vote's yeah, Culver, the track guy, not the not Jarrett, obviously. And how the, would you uh,
0: word that question? so what non
1: Non basketball alumni,
0: basketball alumni from Texas Tech. Would you put yes. on the Air Raiders? The yeah, we yeah. can tag Norton's too. Yeah, all oh, the yeah, we're, we're gonna do that right after this, uh, right after Club Red in. So you know, check the Twitters, get involved on that. Um, all right, so, yeah, we'll keep y'all updated on that squad as, you know, Air Raiders. probably good, but he's busy. Yeah, he's a little busy. Yeah. <laughs> he's I don't a think, that, I I don't think a that $500 million contract would allow that either. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we'll keep y'all alerted on any, like, significant news that breaks with that if, you know, the band get, gets back together. And that'll definitely give us something to pay attention to this summer. We're going to start doing some Club Red final shots. We do that in the tailgate, but we figured, you know, there's some random things that happen through Texas Tech that aren't really full, full-on full segment-worthy. So, Dustin, kick it over to you for your Texas Tech Club Red final shot.
1: I'm glad to see in the script what you were going to do because I added that also. I was going to do a double shot, but you got us covered there. We're going to call this segment Red Raiders in the Majors. All right? Raiding right the so, leagues. That's right. <laughs> Mito! We've got to talk about Mito Mito. at the PGA Championship in Tulsa, Oklahoma. This last weekend, golfer. Um, He was a one-and-done at Texas Tech in 2015. He's been playing professional golf ever since because he was so damn good that year. He was leading the U.S. Open going into the final round. He was up three and kind of struggled through Sunday's round. Still had a one-shot lead going into 18 And then he just kind of messed it all up and uh, double bogeyed. Got himself off the number one spot, out of the playoff. Ended up in third. He just hit the first. Tried to go too aggressive instead of playing it safe and hit it into the creek. And then second shot over the green. Third chip shot. He still had a chance. He needed to chip close and then put it in. He chipped it past the hole off the green again. So... You know, with like a seven on that hole and double bogey in third place. Brooks, do you know how much money he lost by not taking it easy and winning that hole?
0: I think it was like two point something million, wasn't it?
1: It was $1.9 million. <sighs> <Ooh. laughs> and that would have been his first... Uh, i see major wins yeah. he's won a couple smaller tournaments no big deal uh, he's ranked in the top 100 for sure now and he's like 40 something now but man to be up one and just kind of the pressure got to him he tried a little too hard and effed it up and literally lost 1.9 million dollars that's what hurts when you look that up
0: yeah, it's the kind of loss that had all the, like, sports podcasts talking about it, you know, like, what, uh... Oh,
1: it was heartbreaking, like, just, oh, uh, into the creek, oh, over the green, oh, he just couldn't get out of his own way.
0: But, you know, to be in that spot, it's the first time ever being in that spot for him, uh, and so, uh, an unfortunate turn of events but you know we were all of red raider nation was proud to see very a much. red raider out there red Ra- raider power chance took over uh the pga championship that weekend so that was pretty cool he still he still won
1: uh, eight hundred and seventy thousand dollars so not too shabby
0: yeah not bad not bad uh, but he handled it like a professional um which was you know which is a tough scene. A lot of people wouldn't want to talk after that, but he handled it. Um, and let's hope uh, Mito is back in contention at some point in his career. And he's got plenty right. of matches ahead of him. So, uh, my final shout out, and we should have mentioned this last week, but we didn't. We had just had the, the news break that Davis Martin was getting the call up to the majors to get his first start. And he had his first start with the Chicago White Sox last week. It's a pretty good game. Got the loss because his offense couldn't get anything going for him. I only gave up one run in five innings, but you know, got his first career strikeout. Uh, had some pretty nasty pitches, uh, throwing some heat in there too. Uh, so it was really cool to see Davis Martin get the call up. It's always cool to see a Red Raider make it to the league. This is the uh, second guy this year. Um, you know, we had Parker Mashinsky go in and uh, get the call up earlier this season. Uh, of course robert dugger's been there uh, kind of off and on over the last few seasons but ultimately davis martin gets the call up gets his first major league start and so that's pretty awesome to see did you have anything to add in on davis Yeah. did
1: you mention his stats for that one
0: i didn't have his stats pulled up i got I you Had him earlier but I lost them.
1: five innings one earned run and seven strikeouts that's pretty good
0: not bad not bad for your debut uh, especially because you probably had those little bit of jitters at the start right like a little bit of butterflies yeah for sure so cool for him and then last little mention here uh, the brand Dustin the, the, the ESPN oh, plus yeah. show on the Texas Tech football team the Joey McGuire era uh, has a little show called the brand which its first episode debuted tonight so um, we'll be sure to check that out once we get off of here um, and you make sure you go check that out. I think you can catch it on ESPN+, Plus, YouTube, Facebook, uh, any of those places. So uh, just a cool inside look at what's going on with Joey Maguire and this football team, so be sure to do that. We'll we'll maybe recap some of what happened uh, in last week's episode next week on the pod. Uh, but other than that, Dustin, uh, do you got anything else to add for this week's Club Red?
1: No, that's a lot of... Club Red stuff, good luck to the baseball team and hope we get a good seating and spot in the uh, in the big tournament once we come back and talk to you guys next week.
0: Yep, like you said there, we will be uh, recapping the Big 12 tournament, getting ready for the NCAA tournament with baseball next week. But that will do it for this week in Club Red. Make sure you are following Telgate Talks on Apple and Spotify and giving us those five-star ratings and reviewing us on Apple. Uh, make sure you're also following us on social media. We have Instagram and Facebook, and you can follow us on Twitter at Tellgate underscore talks. That's it from Club Red. We will catch y'all over in the tailgate where we got some NBA playoffs to check in on. Catch y'all next week. Peace.